Welcome to Christ's Covenant Chapel Podcast with Reverend Kingsley Ayesu. We are a Bible-believing church with a sole purpose of positively impacting our generation. We are elated that you joined us. Wherever you're connecting from, we believe your life will not be the same. Now, let's tune in to today's life-changing message. Hello, friends. It's always a joy to be with you. It's good to be back after my short break. What a blessing to be alive. Thank you for meeting here once again and allowing me into your space while we do life together. Before I went on break, we were talking about relationship matters. In our discourse, I mentioned that one can never make it in life without meaningful relationships. Our greatest need in life is not money or material things. Our greatest need in life is meaningful relationships. In order for us to navigate relationships in our lives, we need relational intelligence. This is important because I have seen in my own personal life and in my pastoral ministry that people's greatest joy and greatest pain come from the same place, relationships. I have seen it 100%. Greatest joy and greatest pain comes from the same place, relationships. In Luke 17, 1, Jesus makes a very profound statement that gives us revelation. Bible says, Then he said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offense should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. Jesus said it is impossible that no offense should come. Whether you live in conflict or in peace, whether you suffer through poverty or enjoy prosperity, whether you fly high on the heights of pleasure or you wallow in the dungeons of despair will be predicated upon how you respond and deal with conflicts in your relationships. So then, the question is not if you will be offended. The question is how you respond and how you deal with offenses when they come. Offenses do come, and they will come from both obvious and unusual places. Your marriage can be made in heaven, but as long as you live it out here on earth, there will be conflict. This leads me to our topic for today, which is how to deal with and navigate conflicts in our relationships. How to deal with and navigate conflicts in our relationships. To start off, the first thing I want to talk about is forgiveness. Relationships don't thrive because the offender is remorseful. It thrives because the offended is merciful and forgiving. In Matthew 18, from verses 15 through 35, the master is holding one of his faith-building seminars. And from the verse 15, he addresses an issue which is our focus today. In verse 18 and 19 of Matthew 18, Jesus says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. 
Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So, why is it that we are binding and it is not binding? Because the reason is because there is a precursor to verse 18 and 19 of Matthew 18 that we have ignored. Starting from the verse 15, Jesus says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. He started by teaching on how to deal with offenses and unforgiveness before he came to verse 18 and 19 of this chapter. Over the years in ministry, I have realized that a lot of Christians have been caught unwittingly in Satan's web of unforgiveness. There are a lot of people who are unhappy. Too many people who are depressed. There are some who just can't make head and tails out of life. And I believe majority of it is because they are entangled with unforgiveness. The trap of unforgiveness is deadly. It has brought devastation to a lot of homes and broken a lot of relationships. And sadly, it has brought a lot of trouble to the body of Christ. There are a lot of us who have no power for a victorious living because we are bound by the chains of unforgiveness. The good news is that God has raised me and through a mere mortal like me, he will free you to live victoriously again. Going back to the narrative in Matthew chapter 18, the master presents himself as a real person to us. This is important because sometimes when we come to church, we mistakenly think church is a place of utopia where nothing can go wrong. But if you have attended church longer than two weeks, you would realize that interesting and mind-blowing things happen in church. Oh yes, shocking things, amazing things, mind-bugging things, mind-numbing things. Mind-boggling things happen, and yes, in the church. So here, Jesus is talking about brothers and sisters offending each other. He says, if your brother offends you, which means even in church, offenses will come. Again, in Luke 17 and verse number 1, Jesus said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. The root of unforgiveness is offenses. And I am sure anybody listening to me has offended someone before or somebody has offended you. It is bound to happen, but your response to offenses will determine your future and your usefulness to God. Offense has the ability to kill you. There is the community of the living dead. Paul said there are people who are alive, but they are dead. Dead men walking. It is the community of the living dead. 
The reason is because we have allowed offenses to trap us. The word for offense in the Greek is skandalion. It is a bait in a trap that gets us. Skandalon. Many of the relationship and the behavioral problems we have in our churches today can be traced back to offenses. I believe there are some who are in a veritable hell because of offense. And as a result, you can't function in your true calling. You can't connect with others. You can't keep friends and friends can't keep you due to the hurts and the wounds that offenses have caused in your life. Offenses can cut deep into your emotions, especially when it comes from those who are close to you. Oh yes, it can hurt. When we nurture these hurts, then our hearts become a breeding and festering ground for anger, bitterness, resentment, strife, hatred, and eventually our destinies are seriously compromised. I must admit, offenses are not fun to deal with. They are painful and crushing to the soul. But if you allow them to hold and determine your life for you, then that is where we have serious problems. Some of us have harbored offenses for so long, we don't even know it is there. It has become an integral part of us that it seems natural. Some of us have sanitized it with Christian jargons, such as, they hurt me. I don't believe they could do those to me. Oh, I'm all right. I'm okay. It's just that I'm keeping to myself these days. Now I have to watch my own back and the list goes on and on. You know what? You are offended. You ask someone, how are you? And they respond with a nice smile. I'm okay. But even a blind man can see they are not okay. We put on nice makeups to cover up the scars when really we are hurting. Offenses like a festering sore slowly destroys us. The master said, if your brother or sister offends you, here is the process to go through. Number one, he said, go to the person alone. Go to the person alone. The funny thing is, when we get offended, the first thing we do is to enlist allies. We look for sympathizers in wrong places and we go like, can you believe what they did to me? Some of us borrow that offense. An offense that has no business with you, has nothing to do with you, but you make it a personal agenda and you go like, he did that to you, leave it to me. I will deal with it. My friend, my question is, what is your problem here? What is the wisdom in entangling yourself in someone else's offense? I believe in loyalty, but I don't believe in unwise loyalty. I don't believe in unguarded loyalty. Sometimes people pick fights that have no merit at all. But you need to discern and pick and choose which fights to get into. It is not every fight you are anointed to win. You must check the rewards before you commit to the fight. 
For example, when Goliath was lambasting and blasting the children of Israel for 40 days, and David came on the scene, David said, What shall be done to the person who kills this giant? What shall be done for the person who kills this uncircumcised giant? He wanted to know the reward before he commits the fight. What shall be done for the one who kills this giant? They told him, the king said, number one, he will give him his daughter. And number two, he and his family will not pay taxes for the rest of their lives. And immediately that David had the rewards, he said, I will fight Goliath. Brothers and sisters, please know the reward before you commit to a fight. Sometimes, after we know the facts, you realize you have been fighting a needless battle. Sometimes the best approach to a fight is to walk away and keep your mouth shut and keep your dignity. Again, the master admonishes us that when offenses come, we are to first go to the other person alone in trying to deal with it. How many of us fail at this? I believe in my heart of hearts that majority of the offenses that come against us are unintentional. Of course, there are a handful who are anointed to offend us, but by and large, we get on the wrong side of people and people sometimes have a bad day and say things before they even think about it. I call it the Simon Peter's anointing. See, sometimes people even offend us and don't even know they have offended us. And we carry it as a burden over our heads. The sad thing is, rather than applying the master's principle, we become so full of malice to the point where we can stand next to a friend on the same team in the same church and yet in our minds, we are at their funeral. To avoid all of this, my question is, what is wrong with going to that sister or brother to sort things out with them? It can't be that difficult and should require much less energy than going about it the other way. When you are offended, your first cause of action is to pray and go to the person alone. Number two, the master said, Take witnesses with you. Jesus said, if the person refuses to listen one-on-one, then take witnesses with you. Get too matured people. The emphasis here is too matured and not too angry people. You take too angry people who don't like the other person and the end result will be a disaster and not the desired outcome. Ladies and gentlemen, we are a people of peace. Let's learn to live peacefully with all men. Bible says blessed. That word blessed means, is the Greek word makarios. It means happy, exalted, blessed. It is the, root, the same root as shalom. The beautiful thing I like about that word is that you are to be envied and not pitied. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. This is in the Beatitudes. That is the believer's attitude. So when you take two witnesses, you are going to seek peace, nothing less. There are 8.6 billion people on the surface of this earth, but only one person or two people 
may be holding the key to your destiny. Number three, he said, tell it to the church. Oh, by the way, this does not mean go and stand in front of the church and say, hey, church, I have a testimony. And then you wash your dead linen before the church. Or like some of us do today, we go on social media and write big grammar. What the master meant was go to the leadership of the church with your grievance. Number four, treat the person as a heathen and a tax collector. Let me ask you a question. Who is a heathen and a tax collector? Somebody who needs salvation. Of course, Bible days. That is, treat the person as an object for ministry. Pray for them. Go after them in love. Pray that one way or the other, they will encounter God and change their heart. You see, at this point, as Jesus is teaching, Peter appears very spiritual and says, Master, hold on. How many times should my brother offend me and I forgive him? Is it seven times? You know, seven is a a number of completion. So, you know, Peter is thinking, seven times I've completed the deal. The master said, no, but 70 times seven. That is 490 times in a day. In short, the master was saying, let it go. Forget it. Which means no matter how many times you are offended in a day, let it go. Let forgiveness become a way of life. Let it be an attitude and an act of your will, not your emotions. Which means you do not have to feel like it to forgive. Else you will be bound forever. Listen to me, friend. Never permit your mind to educate your spirit. Let your spirit educate your mind because our minds can play tricks on us. I'm out of time. So this brings me to the end of our time together this week. I hope to pick up from here next week. God willing. As usual, if this content has been a blessing to you, please subscribe and share it with your friends and family so you and I can together be a blessing to them. And if you're ever in the Twin Cities area of Minnesota, come by and visit us in person at Christ Covenant Chapel located at 5452 DuPont Avenue North, Brooklyn Center. You may also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Spotify. Until then, I will see you at the top, for that is where you belong. Shalom. Thank you for connecting with us today. For more of this content, be sure to subscribe, share, and comment. Engage with us at Rice Covenant Chapel 